1970, a pregnant single woman named Roe brought a class action suit against the district attorney of Dallas County, Wade. The suit challenged the constitutionality of the Texas criminal abortion laws and the regulation between trimesters. Three years later, in 1973, after two re-arguments, the Supreme Court, also known as SCOTUS, ruled 7-2 for Roe, agreeing that Texas laws violated a woman's constitutional right of privacy. And on Friday, June 4th, 2022, all of that changed. In a 5-4 majority, SCOTUS overturned the woman's constitutional right to privacy. As of today, a woman is now required by law in certain states to move forward with a pregnancy, even after she's been raped, incest, if there's a danger to the mother, and if there's difficulty with fetus development, among some others. I almost have to like stop and pause and just like understand the gravity of what that actually means. What a woman in those shoes has to go through, knowing that her rapist is now going to be the father of her child, or that knowing that her fetus is not developing properly and is required to take it to full term and give birth. I guess I'll start with my perspective when I heard all this news. My friend had texted me and all she said was sad day. And I said, what? What's happening? And she said, Roe v. Wade was reversed. And in my ignorance, I had to Google what Roe v. Wade was and what the reversal actually meant. At that point, that's where my my understanding really stopped. Until later, I hung out with her and I was forced to think about what these implications actually meant. We were walking through the city of Chicago and stumbled upon a protest, an outcry of thousands of people against this decision. And I honestly had to force myself to look at myself and say, hmm, even though this may not impact me, it's bigger than me. I saw all of the signs, I heard the chanting, the streets blocked off. It felt like people wanted their voices to be heard and Chicago's not short of protests. This one just felt a little different. I will say on this podcast, we stand for women empowerment, and in doing so, we have a responsibility to raise the voices and awareness around these heavier topics. And as I saw those people walking through the streets and deciding how I would contribute, I started walking with them. I heard the chants that they were saying. The chants rained through on that protest, and as it came to an end, we sat on that concrete and made a stand. But how did we get here? How did we get here, and what does this mean? The quick answer is it stems from three conservative justices that were newly appointed by former President Trump. And what those justices decided, their ruling immediately impacted 10 states. Utah, South Dakota, Missouri, Ohio, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Kentucky, and in the next month, Idaho, Wyoming, North Dakota, Tennessee, and Mississippi. I have family in these states. I'm sure you do too. Gallup took a poll in May 2021, and it casted that 80% of Americans agree with the right for women's privacy between them and their doctors. 80%. I saw recently that this decision makes it hard for young people to believe that we live in a democratic society, that nine people can make the decision for millions. And even though you may not live in one of these states or know somebody that does, just know that there are people out there 
who have to now make tough decisions because of this ruling. Even if this doesn't directly impact you, even if you can afford to travel somewhere else, recognize that as privilege. I had to humble myself and realize that I personally come from a place of privilege. And I once thought that, oh, this doesn't impact me. I really don't care what happens. And I had to step into the women's shoes who makes minimum wage and didn't have access to affordable contraception. This same woman now may have significant barriers to get an abortion. That includes reliable transportation, paying for these gas prices to another state, and childcare costs alongside time off work. I also want to challenge you to humble yourself today and empathize with people that may be in that situation and use that privilege to be a voice of support for those that don't have that opportunity. I think it's also worth considering what actually having these children now means. It means we perpetuate a broken foster care system, we increase the rise in poverty, and we now force women to put themselves in danger in order to get the health care they deserve. And here's a statement from a 30-year-old female from New York. Basically my entire life, at least that I remember, I've been pro-choice, especially as it relates to a woman's right to make decisions about her own body and have bodily autonomy. Even growing up in Texas, you know, I think this is something that, especially with a medical professional, that a woman can explore her options all on her own. I don't think that there needs to be a need for trauma, like rape or incest, or even a harm to the mother, to, it's healthcare for women. It's my body and my choice. I have not had an abortion myself, but I definitely know friends. I know it's relatively common in the United States, or has been. And I believe that it just having the choice, you know, I think if you are against it, don't have an abortion. That's absolutely your choice. But forcing a woman to go through months of growing a fetus and then going through the physical trauma of giving birth, let alone just the emotional, psychological, etc. thoughts uh, or happenings to her body. Just forcing that process doesn't seem fair or right or, you know, I can't even imagine you are a person who is pregnant who doesn't want to be, or frankly, maybe your fetus has issues that it will be non-viable for life or otherwise that you now have to carry a corpse you look pregnant everyone is congratulating you wanting to be happy for you and you are just carrying a dead fetus to term because you can't have an abortion truly uh i'm getting the shivers just even thinking about that women would have to go through this but you know we don't force organ donation today even after someone has died right you have to opt in to being an organ donor and it just frankly doesn't make sense but is it a good way to control women by forcing us to go through pregnancy and likely you know suffering the various consequences of that Okay, that statement about carrying a corpse to full term was very unsettling for me. But what she speaks about on next is equally as worrisome for the future of healthcare of women. A lot of people do want to be mothers. I do in the future, I'm not today. Again, it should be a choice. And my aunt uh, had an ectopic pregnancy back in the, I believe 70s, 80s, and almost died. 
and I am just so glad that she had the medical care at the time, that it was no question uh, that her life was in danger and she was able to get appropriate medical care, no problem. Whereas we've even seen in the last week that women today going through that are not getting the same treatment and women will frankly die because, you know, medical professionals were not actually consulted in a lot of these trigger laws or these various abortion bans at the state level. You know, I think if it was actually about, quote, saving babies or anything, we would have actual prenatal care. We would have support of the mother financially, etc. You know, the way Women, Infant, and Children, or WIC, WIC program uh, that provides, you know, a lot of great nutrition and support for women who qualify on the, I believe, federal level. You know, a lot of legislators of one party have been trying to cut those benefits. And frankly, I just, I don't believe that it is actually about, quote, the babies. I think once fetuses take their first breath as a baby after they're born, the same people who are anti-choice and pro-force birth are also not actually supporting these babies when they're born. We as a society often downplay the impact our government has on our everyday lives. For progress or regression, we must consider the larger implications of this decision on several broken systems. Here's more. We have already crisis of too many kids in our foster care system, child protective services. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of kids nationally who are in that system and who are frankly not being cared for. And I, just so many of these pieces looked at altogether, let alone just the fact that a person should have control over their own body just makes me very sad that the Supreme Court ruled this way recently. My initial reaction was absolutely sadness, fear for what happens. You know, I've seen stories of women in waiting rooms to get this piece of healthcare and they were just turned away immediately. I can't imagine being a victim of rape or again, a woman just trying to get an abortion and you being told that single digit number of people in the Supreme Court have now just said that you can't do this and you can't get this piece of healthcare. Uh, frankly, my work product that Friday was not exactly optimal. Uh, and, you know, I was able to channel that. We had a march here in New York City in Union Square Park and Washington Square Park. And I was at least saw some hope that there were a lot of male allies, especially younger people there marching for these rights. And hopefully in New York State, we will always have these rights. There's always the question of the future federal ban if various things happen. And I think, uh, you know, especially where do we go from here? Definitely register to vote. Vote for local, you know, all level of legislators, of people in office who are pro-choice, pro-women, pro-women's rights to make decisions about our own bodies. And over the next few years, frankly, these anti-choice and pro-forced birth movements have been laying the foundation for decades. And I think a lot of us are anxious to get a lot of this taken care of quickly but we also may need to put these options to wait several years to see, or decades, frankly, and people, women are going to die and there will be drastic consequences over the next few years. While this is still not a possibility. I asked her to speak on what's next. Where do we go from here? Listen in for these accessible and impactful options available to you. 
Definitely go vote, uh, donate if you can to abortion funds to help women where this is not legal anymore to get their health care and abortions elsewhere in other states. Definitely keep an eye on your local legislators and what they do, what they support, and vote accordingly. And frankly, vote with your pocketbook. You know, are we donating to causes that are actually anti-choice? Are we supporting companies that are anti-choice? There's, I think, hopefully a lot of ways we do have have to take the time and do some research, but you know, it's very devastating, sad, scary time. Uh, I hope that we can move forward and channel our rage and sadness into action. And here's onward and upward. And next we have a story from a 35-year-old female from Chicago. This is her transformation from recent years to today. I grew up Catholic, and while I don't think I ever fully believed in everything that Catholicism teaches you, I did believe that birth and and babies and kind of conception was sacred. Therefore, that abortion really wasn't something that was accepted unless there was an extreme circumstance such as rape or incest. And I thought that for many years, up until recently. In May 2022, the George Floyd murder awoke many communities to realities marginalized people of color face. It forced people to become aware of their privilege and how others lack the same basic right. In the past couple of years, with everything that has really come to light in our country, it's made me think pretty long and hard about social issues, about where I stand, the role that I play, and my impact on others. I think the one thing that has stood out the most for me is thinking about how structurally, politically, as a community, as a as a country, really solidify and structurally set up these structures where people are marginalized and they aren't allowed to develop to their full potential. They aren't allowed to seek better ways of education and help and resources and I'm made to think about the concept of rest Redlining and just how certain government institutions and practices keep people essentially from living their true potential. That has really had an effect on the way that I view my role in society and what I can offer and how I can help. And here's where this shift happens, where she must now confront her own beliefs and decide what reigns true for her today. Listen in. And so I think when this decision was first leaked a few months ago about Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned by the Supreme Court, to be honest, I I think I thought about it for a bit and I was affected and I was hurt, but I'm not sure I allowed myself to truly absorb the impact that this decision would have on our country and women. But I have to say this past week, I was struck in a way that I wouldn't have anticipated years ago, 5, 10, 20 years ago. For the first time in my life, I actually stopped, had this like moment of self-reflection and realized that I'm pro-choice. I wanted to pause here because that's a big statement from where this story started a few minutes ago. I want you to listen in to what this means for her now. 
And it's not because I don't respect innocent lives or babies, but rather because I want to stand for and advocate for women, for myself, for my sister, for my friends, for women that I don't know and that I will never know. We are alive. We are human. We have rights and we have dreams and we have futures and we have every right and reason to believe that we are deserving of those things of those futures and to say that i'm going to take away a woman's right to bodily autonomy and to choose what and when and where she controls her body in my mind is absolutely wrong Each and every woman should have the right to choose, both because, quite frankly, it's the right thing to do, but also because she isn't equal to man. I mean, to say that a man in government or in general has any right to a woman's body or to what she decides to do with her body is just, uh, quite frankly, terrifying. (laughs) I personally echo this sentiment. Nine judges, men, anyone aside from a woman and her doctor should not be making these blanket healthcare decisions. But even as we consider body autonomy, here's some other things we should be thinking about. But also like a woman should be able to protect herself. I mean, when you think about coming out of poverty and trying to rise above all of the negative barriers that have been put on our impoverished communities and and different groups of people, having a baby impacts your ability to break free of that, to challenge the status quo, to be the first of your family to, you know, graduate high school or go to college or get that bigger job. That's how we change history. That's how we bring more diverse women, people, communities into the forefront. That's how we give a voice. That's how we better this country. To say that that's not an option or we don't respect that path, in my opinion, that's saying that we want to go back that we want to segregate, that we want to diminish the rights of impoverished communities, impoverished people, and I, I just cannot stand for that. I cannot sit back and watch that happen. But what other communities are impacted? Not to mention, it's not just the impoverished. It's also women who come from affluent ways of life who come from or even middle america and yet they too are faced with these circumstances that they could have never imagined i'll never forget i mean reading these stories this past week of these women who i mean one woman i read on instagram she comes from lds which is the church of latter-day saints and historically mormon community she's married she has three beautiful children and she found out she had an ectopic pregnancy it was very catastrophic it was gonna be potentially catastrophic for her and for her life and she had to make the excruciating decision to end her pregnancy in order to save her life who could imagine being put in that position when you take a giant step back who could imagine you know a mormon woman of the church of latter-day saints being put in that position and choosing that path but yet that happens and it happens every single day this ruling stretches far and wide but how do we move forward what's next 
Abortions aren't going to stop. We need them. It is it is healthcare. It is our way of moving forward. It is our way of ensuring that women are kept healthy and safe and can have prosperous lives. By taking away this right, we are taking away their right to healthy, safe healthcare. They will have the abortion. It just will be in unsafe practices. We cannot allow this to happen as a society. We need to push forward. We need to fight, advocate, and vote for healthy, safe, fair healthcare for women. Equality. This is the time when we need to rise up speak up and demand our rights. I'm proud to be a woman, but I have to say right now, I am not proud of our government. I am not proud of the institution, but you know what? Walking in the marches that I walked in the other day, fighting for female autonomy, fighting for the right to abortion and safe healthcare for women, I was never more inspired. I was proud of the women the men, the people that I walked with that day, and it gave me hope for a brighter future. But what are our paths forward? What do we do from here? And as it stands now, this is a state-by-state issue. So today, I personally voted in my primaries, and this fall, Roe is on the ballot. So if you haven't registered already, I highly recommend you do. Mark that time off on your calendar and vote for somebody who respects the woman's privacy. Because if you don't vote, there is another side to this. Call it the anti-abortion movement. But these people are now striking for stiffer punishments up to homicide charges for women that are going from state to state to try and find someone who will administer abortion. Another option is Plan C. It is a campaign that is used to draw attention to abortion pills. Also raise awareness. Note that these medical abortions via pill are FDA approved for up to 10 weeks. And also know that 50% of abortions are performed this way. What they are testing is shipping pills between states to allow women access who otherwise wouldn't have that option. And lastly, along with my voice and the many other women out there fighting against this precedent, there are affiliates in pro-choice states that are extending their hand, whether that be by flight or fund, to get women the health care that they deserve and need. In the show notes, I've listed some of the resources I've been using to develop an understanding around this issue and also how I can support. I encourage you to, to look at those after listening to this episode. I want to leave you on this note is that regardless of where you stand on this issue, regardless of your affiliations, of your privilege, I want you to take a step back and really think about what these women now have to go through. The potential of danger that they are now putting themselves through, the perpetuation of broken systems. And I challenge you to open your eyes and see the humanity. Put yourselves in their shoes, do some research, be a voice, a support, anything. If you want to talk more about this, I am open ears. Leave some notes in the comments. DM me. Let's continue raising awareness on this topic. And with that, I hope you have a really good day and that you understand the the weight and gravity of of all that's going on in the world today and, and take some action. So I love you. As always, thanks for tuning in to Artie Within. I'm your host, Jasmine B. Bye.